0: One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowded round him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge, two boats, left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and talked to the people from the boat. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken and so were james and john the sons of zebedee simon's partners then jesus said to simon don't be afraid from now on you will catch men so they pulled their boats upon shore left everything and followed him
1: i'm reading from uh, john chapter 21 1 to 19 Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I am going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153
2: Uh, this morning's message is for ordinary people. So have a look round and see if there's some ordinary folk in today. And I'd like to say ordinary but special. But the, for, it's for ordinary folk. But if you're a super Christian, you can listen in as well. Um, I was quite nervous uh, preparing this talk And I had to be reminded, it was something that that Christy said today, memory is a good thing, sometimes God has to remind us. And uh, I remember some years ago, I was asked to speak at a ladies' conference. I was asked to be one of the speakers and to speak on a Saturday morning. And I went along on the Friday night, because I knew the uh, speaker uh, that was speaking on the Friday night, And uh, I'd prepared, ready for the Saturday morning. And the speaker, who was a really good speaker, a really anointed speaker, spoke on the same verses that I'd chosen for the Saturday morning. (laughs) And he was truly anointed, um, and many people were touched by the message. Uh, And I thought, wow, God, that's brilliant, but... Uh, so I went home and uh, about two o'clock the following morning, I'm still wrestling with the message for, the, that, for that morning. And I felt God say to me, what are you doing, Mo? And uh, so I said, uh, so I'm churning away to God, I'm saying, I've got to get this right. I've got to get, it. it's got to be good. It's got to be just right. And I felt the Lord said again, What are you doing, Mo? And I know that if God repeats himself, it's not because he's asking the question because he wants to know, it's because he wants you to think about it, or in this case, for me. And so I, I thought about it for a minute and I thought, Well, what am I doing? And then I came to the conclusion I said, Lord, you know Derek is a brilliant speaker, and how do I follow that? And I felt the Lord said to me, well, what's wrong with Mo Surrey? I can use Mo Surrey. And that was really something that blessed me as I prepared that talk. Can we have our second slide, please? And I like the fact that God uses ordinary folk. Uh, St. Paul tells us in his letter to Corinthians, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many influential. Not many were of noble birth." Not many. Some were, of course, but not many. And also that, that God could choose just ordinary folk. It's his choice. We have our next slide, please. And, and a verse that I, I, I love from Acts chapter 4. Um, when Peter and John are hauled before the Sanhedrin, uh, before the Jewish council, Um, What was seen was that they, they, they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. What is the most important thing is that whether we're ordinary or super special, we have been with Jesus. Can we have our next slide, please? So we'll go to our two passages for today. And our passages are mainly about Peter, who we sometimes think now, looking back, we think of him as a super-Christian, a superhero, a Christian hero. And yet, he was an ordinary guy who was just about doing his ordinary job. And I want to ask some questions. I always like to ask plenty of questions. What do those two passages have in common? It's not mastermind. I'm not asking, looking for super Christian answers. So what do those two passages, anybody listening? Anybody hear? Fishing, fishing. Yes, that's one of the things, right? Miraculous clutches. So no fish and lots of fish. Right, obedience, yes, yes, broken net and a broken net and unbroken, oh, we're getting into the realms of super Christian now, aren't we yeah, yeah, okay, so let's let's keep it basic, Peter <laughs> sorry, Peter, fish, lots of fish, no fish, um and um. We could be pedantic and say, and add on to it and say, and Jesus' call in both cases. In the first case, um, Jesus calls Peter, and in the second case, there is a renewed call. Because in both cases, Jesus says, Follow me. The main difference is. To in both of those passages, is Peter, is Simon, the attitude of Simon. So if we look at Simon in the first place, he'd heard about from his brother Andrew. In the first place, Andrew came to, um, to Peter in John 1 and uh, verses 40 and 42. Uh, we hear that Andrew says to him, We found the Messiah. That is the Christ. And then he took Simon to Jesus. That was his introduction to Jesus. This is the Messiah. That was his first introduction. But what we see today, in our passage today, is that Simon sees a glimpse of the power and the authority that Jesus has. And at that moment in time, he's aware of his own sinfulness. So his reaction to Jesus and this enormous catch of fish is to say, go away from me. I am just a sinful man. And yet, and yet, he says that to Jesus, but Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishes of men. In other words, Jesus is saying to Peter, what's wrong with Peter? I can use Peter. And a lot has happened between these two passages that we had read, these two accounts. Between these two accounts, Peter has watched Jesus, he's followed him, he's learnt from him as a disciple, he's no doubt grown in loving Jesus, he's grown so close to him that he's the one disciple that does say, no, Jesus, no, Lord. He's Almost, they're, they're so, there's such a friendship there that he can be so honest with Jesus. He's also seen something of the glory of Jesus when Jesus is transfigured on the Mount of Transfiguration. And there he's reminded of the call and the cost of discipleship. And now we have, by the, by the lakeside... By that same lakeside, we have Peter as a different man. He's still the brave man. He's still willing to go everywhere with Jesus. He's still willing to die for him. He's the one who stepped out onto the water. He's the one who actually made it into that courtyard as he followed Jesus. But he's different. He's a different Peter. Because this Peter has been taken back to where he was in the beginning. He knows more of the truth about Jesus. Uh, Perhaps he's forgotten something about that. But he's also had to be reminded about the bitter truth about himself. Remember, in the first place, his reaction to Jesus was, Go away from me. I'm just a sinful man. That was the first time that he was faced with the enormity of who Jesus is. But now let's have another slide, please. And here um, we have the lakeside, the the sea side, the lakeside of the Sea of Galilee, and you can see. Further up where the blue line starts, you can see Capernaum. And further down, where the little red marker is, that is Mensa Christi, Table of Christ. And it says it's three minutes between the two. I don't think it's three minutes walk. I think it's three minutes in the car. So if somebody wants to work that out, uh, I'm not very good at that math. But it's three minutes in the car between the two of them. So you're out, and if you go out on a boat in Capernaum, it's almost like a triangle from Mensa Christi. So as you're out in a boat, you can see Capernaum, you can see Mensa Christi. Simon now is fishing again. We don't know why he's gone fishing. There's lots of reasons and lots of different sermons about why Simon has gone fishing, or Peter has gone fishing. But the main thing is, this is the third time that Jesus has appeared to them. And he knows that Jesus is alive. He knows what Jesus has been through. He knows that Jesus is alive. But I'm sure there was that little niggle. Jesus has greeted him. Remember the words to Mary when she's told to go back, and uh, when she meets Jesus at the tomb, she's told to go back and tell the disciples and Peter specifically because he needed to hear. He's met with Jesus. But there must have been that little niggle. That little niggle that said, when he needed me, I let him down. And yet, what is his reaction? We hear that his reaction in our first reading is to say, Go away, Jesus. Can you remember in the second reading, what does he do when he hears that Jesus is on the shore? He jumps in. He gets out as fast as he can to go towards Jesus. He swims to Jesus. Sometimes that good news of salvation, of forgiveness, of our own unworthiness, and yet the sheer grace of what Jesus does on the cross, sometimes that has to be real to us. And to Peter, I think in that moment, as he swam towards Jesus, he knew that his only hope was back with his Saviour. And he hears that familiar voice coming across the water. It carries, uh, sound carries across the water. And it's a friendly voice. Literally, it, it means that the words mean, hey, guys. It's a friendly voice that comes towards him across the water. Throw your net on another side. That must have stirred within them. That same, that same area, that same a warm morning and warm day stirring up a memory as again we've heard stirring up a memory of 3 years before this is how it all started and he jumps hurriedly out of the boats and when he gets there onto the shore there's the smell of the fire again evoking memories the last time he was by the fire was when he, did, uh, he betrayed Jesus. And as the song says, there's the hands that had flung stars into space, that had to cruel nails surrendered, that had washed his feet, his dirty feet. Those same hands were now cooking him breakfast. The wounds were still visible. And here was Jesus serving him. How much of the memories must have been evoked? And all that questioning, all that vulnerability, all that inability, all that falling asleep on the job as he'd done in Gethsemane hadn't disqualified him from the call of jesus cutting off someone's ear in gethsemane hadn't disqualified him even denying jesus had not disqualified him from the call because in the end it doesn't depend on peter as it doesn't depend on us it depends on jesus Can we have the next slide, please? And then we have a renewed call. And Peter questions. Peter needed to be reminded of what was important. And that question, that came three times. Peter, do you love me? When a question is asked three times, like it was for that on that night before the conference, it's because Peter needed to know how to answer that question. And the question is do you love me? And what kind of love do you love me? Do you love me with a wholehearted Self giving, sold out, self sacrificing love. If Jesus was to ask us that this morning, what would your reply be? Do you love him with everything that you are? Would you give everything that you are to him today? And in a way, if if Peter had answered, Yes, I do. In that way, Peter knew that that wasn't true. Jesus could have said, "Really?" If he asked us that today, would, would Jesus say to us, "Really?" With everything sold out for Jesus?" Jesus knows the truth of our hearts. He knows that we're ordinary. He knows that we'll mess up. He'll knows that sometimes we're in and out. you know sometimes, sometimes we're really going for it, and sometimes we're not. Well, if you're anything like me. And here is Peter seeing the truth in his own heart. And the main truth he saw was that he did love Jesus. This isn't, oh, you're rubbish. This is Peter saw. Yes, he did love Jesus, but there was more. And that's what the cross is all about. And it's okay with Jesus. He does want to change us into more. But it's okay because he's paid for the rest and humble contrite repentant peter was still called to fish but now he was also equipped to tend the flock as well because he knew his own vulnerability this is a renewed call Do you truly love me with all that you are? Knowing the truth about yourself, sometimes we need to be realistic, especially when we see who he is, then it reminds us of our sinfulness. When we look at the cross, it reminds us of our own sinfulness and our need for grace. loved and reinstated forgiven what a friend peter had in jesus what a friend we have in jesus maybe we need to hear that call today perhaps you've never known that call on your life perhaps you've never heard jesus say come follow me perhaps you've never discovered all that it's about Maybe this is the first time you can hear him call your name. Or maybe it's a renewed call. Maybe we need to be reminded what it's about in the first place, where we've come from, what he's done for us. And Peter could speak as he did and write as he did because of this encounter He'd met with Jesus. He'd walked with him. He's almost butted heads with him at times. And what did he write? We've been looking at 1 Peter over the last however long it's been. What did Peter know that he could write about? He knew his identity in Jesus. That's what the memory did Helped him to know who he was. He was a fisher of men. He was a rock. And here he's called a shepherd. And what have we been reading? Peter says, we are living stones. We are being built together. We are a royal priesthood. We stand between people and God. We are a holy nation. That should be us knowing our identity. So firstly, he writes about his identity in Jesus, but he also writes because he knows about grace, the grace that reinstated him. And in 1 Peter 4 and verse 8, it says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Jesus' love covered all our sins. And lastly, he, he learnt about humility. In 1 Peter 5 and verse 6, he writes, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you in due time. Those are the things that he learnt. I've got a t-shirt Uh, that was given to me many years ago, because I said I'd seen it somewhere, and so a friend had had it made for me. And it says that God is not disillusioned with me, because he had no illusions in the first place. (laughs) And I, I love that, because God has got no illusions about us. When he calls us, when he calls you by name, when he says, come follow me, he's got no illusions about you. You're going to mess up. Peter, in the next verse, says, in the next verse after we've, we've been reading, he says, well, what about John? <laughs> what about him? And Jesus says, what's that to you? You follow me. Mo, don't compare yourself with Derek don't compare yourself with Christie or Ian or Alan. Follow me. You don't have to compare yourself with anybody else in this room or any other super Christian anywhere else. He just calls us simply. He says, hear my call. I call you by name. I've died for you. For all your sinfulness. I know your weakness. And I just ask you to follow me and to love me just as you are and let me do the rest. Today, do you hear the call of Jesus? Come as you are. You may need to learn a lot, but that's okay. Even the super Christians have more to learn. Do you hear his call for you today? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, will you remind us now of Jesus, of just who he is. We've been, as we've taken the bread and, and the cup, we've been reminded of what you've done for us. You have done so much for us. Thank you for your love. And may we hear your call today, whether it's the first call or whether it's a renewed call. As you say to us, come and follow me. Lord Jesus, we want to follow you anywhere. Lord Holy Spirit, will you help us? Remind us of who Jesus is. Remind us sometimes of who we are. Yes, we're ordinary. Yes, um, we will make mistakes, but thank you, Lord, that you care for us so much. Take us, Lord, and may we follow you. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.